Three, two, one. Hello all. Hope you're well. Uh, it is currently Anzac Day. So when you're listening to this, I hope you had a good Anzac Day. Uh, just two days left until the weekend so we can get through it. So it's currently Anzac Day, Wednesday, the 25th, 25th of April, 2018 at 5.16pm. Um, today on the agenda, we've got Super Rugby Week 11 predictions. We'll get through those pretty quickly. And then sort of an analysis of where I see myself um, as an going forward as an athlete. And this is one of those things where it's not going to be completely self-centered, but I'm going to sort of tell a story about myself and then hopefully you can relate to it and possibly take a bit of um, insight about decisions you might have to make or you may have made previously or in the future as well. Um, so we'll start off with Super Rugby Week 11. Uh, we have our first match of the Hurricanes against the Sunwolves. I don't think there's any issue here. I think the Hurricanes are going to win by a lot. It's a Friday night game in New Zealand. So I can see them winning by maybe probably about 45 points. I think I'll see if they've named the squad because it's always, you know, they sort of mess around with me a bit and never, uh, never really name the squad on time. Have they named it? They have. And it is a full, a full strength squad. Uh, Notable inclusions, Nehi Milner-Scudder is making a return and my God, that guy's had a rough few years with injury. Um, I don't even, I don't think he's played for the All Blacks. I think he did in 2016, but I can't really remember any notable performances since about the 2015 World Cup. So, you know, that's, that's going to be really good to see him back. Hopefully they bring him on maybe at halftime or five to 10 minutes into the second half because I assume they will be up. Um, but yeah, it looks like a pretty full strength squad, uh, except for the fact that uh, TJ Perinara is not playing, but Bowden Barrett, Ben Lamb, you know, Julian Severe, Jordan Barrett, Jordy Barrett, sorry, they're all playing. Um, so it's going to be big game there. I think 45 points win for the Hurricanes. Then we move on the Stormers against the Rebels. I'm going to have to take the Stormers in this position. Home game for them. They have to win. They lost last week to the Sharks, I believe. Uh, I think the Stormers are going to win, not by too many. I'm going to say eight points. But, you know, just because the Rebels are the Rebels and have typically been quite poor away from home. So I'm going to give the Stormers the win by eight points. I can't imagine they've named a squad yet. Um, They possibly could have, but could have, I mean. Uh, No, they have not. They have not named a squad yet, which is frustrating, but that's just the way it rolls, I guess. So I'll take the Stormers by eight points. Look, I'd like to see the Rebels get the win, but I don't think it'll happen. Then we have the Reds hosting the Lions. I'm taking the Lions here. They're sitting in first position. The Reds are in 13th. You know, I'm... This is difficult because I think the Lions will win by probably about 20, say 21 points, but it could be closer than that. I can see the Reds making it uh, pretty difficult for them, a bit scrappy. But they, you know, the Reds need a win, and I don't think this is going to be the match where they're going to get one, unfortunately for them, and they're into the bye next week. So, look, who knows? Uh, But I'll take the Lions by 21 points. Uh, The Reds need to sort of, like I said in the last episode, the Reds sort of need to rediscover, uh, maybe bring some players back in or sign some more experienced players because they have a very, very young squad. I think their average age is about 24, um, which is quite young. Then we have the Blues against the Jaguares. Jesus Christ, man, this is... I'm going to take the the Jaguares. They're coming off 
two wins. Uh, so why not? You know, two wins against Aussie teams. They're facing the Blues now. The Blues are coming off, I think, f- four or five losses straight. So I think the only, I think they might be six losses straight. So the only sensible thing to do is take the Jaguares. Um, by not many, I'm going to take three points. Uh, it'll be quite close, I believe. Probably a lot of points scored. The Blues have had pretty loose defense this season. So I think they'll score a few tries potentially, maybe get a bonus point. Um, but I, I think the Jaguares by about three points. Then we have my match of the round. Uh, we have the Brumbies against the Crusaders. My God, the Brumbies need a performance here. Even if they don't win, they just need to play well. Uh, they're sitting in 11th spot, which is not where I had them. I had them much higher than that uh, in my predictions. I'm going to take the Crusaders by seven points, simply because the Brumbies really need this win. So I can expect them to come out quite hungry for it. But the Crusaders, man, I think they're really... um, I can see them winning again this year. They're just very composed under pressure. Um, Very, very composed. They're good. They're very good team on the road. Um, I I think, you know, I think they're going to be... They're going to be there, uh, finals time, and potentially in the final itself. And, you know, they're defending champions so they could win it. Uh, So I'll take the Crusaders by seven points. Uh... Could could blow out quite more than that. But, you know, I think the Brumbies will make it difficult for them. Then the last match of the round is a difficult one to pick because it's the Bulls against the Highlanders. The Highlanders are on the road and the Bulls have been very good at home recently. However, the Highlanders are in sixth position, but the, Blue, the Bulls are in eighth. So this is my wild card pick for the round. I'm going to take the Bulls by two points. Uh, I can't see it being a high-scoring game. I think goal kicking will come into play a, a fair bit. So you've got Andre Pollard kicking for the Bulls and then Lima Sopawanga kicking for the Highlanders, two of probably the most accurate goal kickers in the pit, um, competition. So I'm going to take the Bulls by two points. It's a ballsy decision uh, and the Highlanders are definitely capable of winning this game. Uh, and the, Who do the Highlanders have next week? The Sharks. So they're both difficult matches. I think the Bulls might win this one. Um, but it's just one of my intuitions uh so look there's absolutely no there's no evidence based behind that obviously the results recently are sort of dictating it the bulls had a good win over the rebels last week and i think they can replicate that against the highlanders that being said the highlanders are definitely a higher quality um higher quality team than the um than the what do you call it than the rebels sorry sorry i zoned out for a moment there um so I think the Bulls by two. And also that means we've got the Waratahs. Hold on. Three teams have the bye this weekend. So all that I can see right now is that the Waratahs have the bye. Um, so they'll probably be back in club rugby. I think they only had a bye a couple of weeks ago. So this is probably their last bye of the season. Um, and I guess they're my predictions for the weekend. So feel free to make your own predictions. Compare them against mine. Um, and I guess we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, and the next topic is a, I guess, one of a, a, a sort of different one. Um, and it's, you know, sort of how I'm doing this year without playing rugby. And if I'm planning on making a transition to a different sport. Um, and in terms of making a living out of sport, I've just sort of come to the conclusion that I'm never going to make forever money out of sport. Uh, I, it's not like, you know, rugby, playing rugby 
isn't, it's not like the NBA or the NFL where you can sign a contract and even play for like two or three years and that's forever money. Um, same with someone like Conor McGregor, you know, he, he has forever money now. He even had forever money before the Mayweather fight. Um, you know, it's difficult because most rugby players especially, and it sort of woke me up to it seeing Rob Horn retire. Um, he's only 28 years old. Like he probably had five years left in him and being only 28 and having to retire and moving on to another career at 28 and having a forced retirement as well, I can, I can, you know, predict that that would be a difficult time because you don't want to move on. Um, I'm assuming because he signed a three-year contract and he's only in the first year, I can assume he didn't want to move on and he doesn't want to move on. Um, and I guess it just really explained, it really sort of showed to me the volatile nature of sport and not just sport, but I guess when it's a sport like rugby where the there isn't money in it, um, you know, even someone like Dan Carter, potentially if he lives into his 80s and 90s, it's likely he's going to have to probably save a bit more money um, than he would like to. And he's the highest paid player in the world. And he's really, you know, rightfully so. He is one of the, he has been one of the best players in the world for about 15 years. Um, but I guess it, it is just one of those things where you look at it and you think, wow, this is frustrating. So I, I pick two ways. You can either... Really, there's only two ways to look at it. You know, there's pursue a professional rugby career and, you know, have a plan B, like do a trade or start a business or go to go to and do a uni course. Or you can just say to yourself, look, maybe I'll stop playing rugby altogether and I'll do one of the others. So, you know, trade, uni course, business. Or you can just decide to play socially still. Um, but I guess I don't think I'm ready for social rugby yet. Um, I'm only 19 and I think I have a lot to still develop and offer as a player. Um, but I guess when I eventually do stop playing, because I think I've given myself an ultimatum, like if I'm not, if I choose to go professional at some point, or if I choose to, um, hope to become a professional at some point, then really the only option I'm going to have to have is to go all out at it and, if I'm not a pro, if I if that's the the goal I have, and if I'm not a pro by about 25, 26, you know, I think it is time to sort of just be satisfied with playing, you know, social rug, not so much social rugby, but maybe playing at a, at a lower level, um, and playing just for fun, just you know, for the camaraderie, playing with some friends, uh, making new friends. Um, but I'm definitely not ready for that yet. But that being said, obviously, as you'll know, because you guys listen to the podcast, um, I'm not playing rugby this year. Uh, and it's not, it's definitely not something I regret. Um, certainly not at all. You know, preseason started six months ago and trust me, six months ago, I didn't even want to fucking look at a rugby ball. So I think that's sort of, I'm not at all, um, second guessing my decision. I guess going back into it is going to be challenging when I eventually do, because I don't know if I'll play next year. Um, I finish my uni degree next year. So when I finish that, who the fuck knows what I'm going to do? Um, I don't know if it's going to tie me down more or if I'm going to, I doubt I'll move. Um, but if that's an option as well, but I guess something I've really, really fallen in love with is powerlifting. Um, and basically powerlifting is just uh, the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. And I know it sounds so stupid, but um, I've just developed a really strong passion for just 
you know, single bouts of strength um, and getting stronger because at the end of the day, I think the thing I've always struggled with rugby so much is it is such a subjective sport. You know, it's um, it, it's literally whether you get on the pitch or not is another individual's opinion on you as a player. And sometimes it's not even that. It's another person's in, um, opinion of you as a person, which I've always found massively frustrating because it's like, look, just give me the, give me the stats. You know, I, numbers don't lie and facts don't care about feelings. So that's the thing I think I love about powerlifting is it's objective. It is 100% you in a competition, you win if you like, if the numbers you lift are more than somebody else. So at the minute I'm not competing in powerlifting um, and I don't think I really have a desire to actually compete against other people, but it's more so a competition against myself. So every time I'm going to the gym, I'm looking to, you know, that's why I carry a journal and I write down all my weights and exercises is I'm always looking to improve on the last time I did that lift. So pardon me, sorry, I just um, had a sore throat. So every single time I go into the gym, for example, um, I'll take yesterday as a lower body, it wasn't so much a lower body strength day, uh, kind of was, it was a lower rep day, um, but we had, I don't really do hypertrophy work for my legs anymore. Uh, I feel I get big enough from my strength work, strength and speed work. Um, so I had to start off, let's just say, for example, my power lift was after box jumps and some hang snatches, I did um, I did deadlifts. I did five sets of three at, I believe, 172 and a half. Uh, I, that's a, a little bit down from what I was doing a few weeks ago, but I did have a slight lower back issue a few weeks ago. So I decided to just um, back the weight a bit, you know, move, deload the weight a, a small amount and then work myself back up with perfect technique so I don't, uh, I'm not progressing too quickly and I'm not injuring myself as, as a result of that fast progression. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it just, I sort of have that attitude with it, with lifting weights is that, you know, if I have a good session, everything else in the day can just be shit and I can still take that positive away from the day. Um, and I think it's just, when I was trained, because I used to, like, I didn't do any performance training all through school. Um, all through school, I just did bodybuilding training, you know, like four sets, 10 reps, you know, just to get bigger. And really like, People would say that, oh man, you know, that strength really made a huge deal. It didn't. Um, I guess it sort of did. However, I feel like my strength, power, etc., could have been so much better if I'd been training like I am now back then. Um, but I don't regret it at all. That being said, I think what I love about it is it's just when you, like for example, when you lift for just a look, you know, that can fuck with you. You know what I mean? Your perception of how you look is in your head. There's no facts about how you look. So if you look at yourself in the mirror, there's going to be days and fluctuations and you're going to think to yourself, oh, I look shit or I look awesome. And really, you you never, it's things are never as bad as how you look at them um, in terms of if you think you look shit, you probably don't look that bad. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just your perception of yourself um, and a bit of body dysmorphia coming in. But I think the thing I needed to do, so I was obsessed with the look and I got like really down on myself because I didn't have the right look. 
um, and I was upset because the training wasn't reflecting it. And then I, you know, I started dreading my training and not enjoying it. And then I just completely switched, I completely flipped the switch. I started squatting heavy, benching heavy, deadlifting heavy, and, you know, moving into that more performance side of it. And I started doing like more power building stuff. So still doing my bodybuilding stuff, um, but doing my power lifts as well. And then I sort of just just moved away from the uh, from the hypertrophy and bodybuilding work and just moved to my strength work now. So I still do a bit of volume, bit of bodybuilding volume, but more for endurance now and um, to bring up weaker muscle groups. Because I guess, you know, part of me still does, like probably 10% of me still wants a, an, a like a, a look, but it's not a huge bit at all. And it's not that much work to maintain the look that I'm going for. Uh, but my goals are now performance driven. So that's why I'm always looking to lift more weight. And people can say like, I don't even know what ego lifting is anymore. Um, but in my opinion, you don't need to feel the contraction in the muscle for like, for example, for bench press, I don't think you need to feel a contraction in your pecs to grow a big chest. I just don't think that's true at all. Um, and metabolic stress and, you know, overloading, overloading with weight is going to come from just lifting more weight over time and getting stronger. And, you know, overall, you're going to get bigger from that. You know, once, uh, once neurological adaptations cease, hyper, you know, muscular adaptations begin. So once you get stronger, you're eventually going to get bigger. So it all works in. And if you could pick one, I definitely recommend picking strength because it's more applicable to your sport as well. Um, especially if you're a weight, like a weight restricted athlete. So if you're a boxer or an MMA fighter or a whatever else you have to weigh in for, um, it's not going to, you're most likely not going to have to jump a, a weight class because you put on muscle. You know, you'd rather just that neurological, those neurological adaptations like strength, power, and speed by doing, you know, sh you know, lower reps and just being fast, being strong, being explosive. So I guess the thing that I'm looking at, if I sum all that up, the thing I'm looking at is potentially would I, because it, I guess the way you identify yourself can mess with your perception as well. Like if you're always, if you have always been known as the rugby player, you know, it's hard to tell yourself you're not the rugby player anymore. And I still consider myself a rugby player, um, but it's not all that I am now. You know, it's not, I'm, it's not, I'm not just Fionn the rugby player. Firstly, I'm just Fionn. And then I guess you've got, um, I do like, I do powerlifting. I do uni work. I do still play rugby. Well, not this year, but I still play. Um, I coach rugby. You know, there's so many different things going on that I think it's dangerous to, uh, it's dangerous for, for your perception of yourself to just see yourself as one sort of aspect so I wouldn't recommend that. Um, but do, so long story short, um, do I see myself competing in powerlifting in the future? I definitely think I will compete at some point. Um, and whether that's like a powerlifting career is much longer than a rugby career. Realistically, you're done playing elite rugby at 32. You, there's powerlifters who lift well into their 40s. Uh, and they might be a bit beaten up, but it's one of those things that you can just keep on doing it because you don't need that, you know, that pace and that speed. 
You just need that, you know, it's more just time under the bar um, or time over the bar in a deadlift situation. Um, so I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, am I gonna am I ever gonna fully make the switch from rugby to powerlifting? Probably not. Um, but I definitely can see myself integrating both of them together. You know, I love I love chasing numbers. Like it is because in my mind it's a, it's an ath- it's athletic. You know, it's straight up like I am an athlete when I train. You know, I don't go in and do machine presses and things like that. I do, you know, actual sports. You know, the Olympic weightlifting I do, that is a sport. The powerlifting I do, that is a sport. You know, it's like going out and playing touch, say, for example, touch footy. Touch footy is a sport. You know, that's what I do. I train with different sports to become better at my normal sport, which is rugby. And I think when you train all of them together, you just become a fucking super athlete. And that's what I've really experienced is my athleticism right now is, except for a little bit of match fitness that I would be obviously lacking because I haven't played a game in, you know, eight months, um, I feel like in terms of my strength, my size, speed and power are all through the roof. Like power, it powers the number one that's gone up and my speed as well. I can, my stride length is much further now. I can press much better off each foot. Um, I think I've just really harnessed everything well. And I think that's where the research has all come in. You know, at the end of the day, you can look at, you know, you can try and tell yourself that you you know it all, but at the end of the day, this is a year. This is a day by day commitment to researching, reading research papers, watching YouTube videos, watching lectures on these things. You know, reading books about it. You know, you've got to be about it. Um, I don't know what the saying is. It's like something about it, then be about it. Um, but I know that this is definitely something I'm passionate about and something I'm about, which is why when I eventually open my performance gym and performance facility, I want it to be something for everything. You know, I don't want much bodybuilding equipment because I feel like, to be honest, I feel like you don't need equipment. You don't need machines. I really don't think you need them. Um, there might be a couple of machines you like to bring in, but I think all in all, really like I haven't used a machine except for you know sometimes I use a like a lying leg curl for the hamstrings but I've started using resistance bands for that now instead I all I need is a power rack dumbbells and plates and that's it and really that's how I train and it's old school and I love it um irrespective we've been going for about 23 minutes now um so I hope that makes sense to you guys I hope Possibly you can look at powerlifting. It's not this hardcore, um, you know, it's not really this hardcore sport that everyone thinks it is. Like it is pretty underground still, but it is gaining notoriety, especially in the States. Um, but I, like I'd encourage you to have a look at it and see if that's something you'd be interested in. Because remember, you can do it and not actually compete. Like that's probably the biggest criticism I have about rugby is like you can't play rugby and not compete. Do you know what I mean? Because some people just aren't competitive people and they don't want to compete against other people. And I can completely understand that. So I think that's an awesome thing about powerlifting in the gym is you can literally compete against yourself 
and who you used to be. So for example, you lifted 95 kilos last week and you lifted 100 today. You know, today you would beat yourself of last week. And I think that's an awesome, you know, your improvement in yourself is just, in my opinion, is number one. And it, that that's what gives me, you know, that that feeling of satisfaction is knowing that I got better. Because like realistically, if you think about it, you can run 100 meters in a race, right? And there's eight people in the race and you might not be that fast, but if everyone else in the race is shit, you might win, but you're still not that good. You know, whereas when it's 100% um, objective, like weights is, and you just compare yourself to yourself and how you used to be, I think that's an awesome thing. So um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been a bit different. Uh, so I hope you have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy it. Heading back to, looking forward to getting back to coaching next week. Uh, we've got a game in Bowral on uh, on the Saturday. So fuck yeah, bring show me the money. Yeah, big payday. (laughs) But I hope you guys have a good weekend and I'll catch you guys next Tuesday. Peace.